0: Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, a podcast where we discuss films we think may be underrated, underappreciated, or we just want to talk about them. I'm Josh Hallam and I'm here with Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Josh. And I'm very excited as we have a very special guest with us today.
0: We do. We do. Uh, We're joined today by uh, Barbara George. Barbara is a uh, presenter, a journalist, an Instagrammer. Uh, Barbara,
2: how are you? I am very well. Super excited to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: You're, you're very welcome. Very, very pleased to, to, to have you on. Uh, you,
2: you're a film person. You like your films? I do like my films. I do like, um, I guess I like the popular films, you know, the rom-coms, the drama, the comedy. I like a bit
1: of everything.
0: I, that's why they're popular. No one's, to be fair, I've, I've, no one's ever gone, no, I'm not really into films.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not really for me. Yeah, I don't even yeah. really know why I'm
0: no, in. I'm, I'm more of a staring at the wall sort of person, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, we start with a random question, uh, as we always do. I'll ask. I'll ask you first, Alice, and then I'll come to you, Barbara. Alice, what is your go-to junk food?
1: So I think I have mentioned before, Josh, how much I love crisps. And mm. even when I'm trying, even when I'm trying to be healthy, even when I'm trying to do all the right things and you know look my best and all that crisps man they just got a hold on me i think it's obviously the salt isn't it it's the addictive (laughs) delicious salt oh i just love them and in terms of what crisp i mean any crisp literally all of them sort of the more dense like the kettle chips and stuff they're delicious i love a pringle as i've said previously i love a what's it even love a twiglet but yeah definitely crisps for me i reckon just can't kick them what about you josh
0: yeah, I'd probably say crisps as well. I'm one of the, unfortunately, I'm one of these people who like, I like everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't like, not like sweets or chocolate or not like, like, unfortunately, if it's bad, I like it. So yeah, yeah pro- but if I had to, if I was going to pick what I would go to, yeah, probably crisps.
1: Yeah, and I think probably I could crisp. just like I could probably always eat crisps as well. Like mm. if you're not hungover, if you are hungover, and they're the two states, right? That's that's yeah. all there is. It's a binary but, like, even, thing,
0: isn't it? Yeah, we'll but, but Redondo, even like, like
1: breakfast, lunch, dinner, midnight snack, they're just <laughs> just delish.
2: Barbara, what about yours? What's your go-to? I'm gonna be different now. I'm gonna say jellies. I do like a good Harry Bow. I like a Smartie. I do, I do like the chocolates, but I do enjoy. Um, the jellies, the round trees, the starbursts, all of them. Do you like a chickadee now? Like crisp-wise, Alice? Do you ever had chickadee? Chickadee?
1: Chicken. I don't Irish think I thing? have.
2: Oh, go so, on. Tell me about chickadee. So it's basically, um, they're chicken flavor. Chicken flavored crisps. So it's basically, it's kind of similar shape to a it. It's kind of like, you know, like puffed up, um, that kind of shape. But it's like chicken flavor. It's like a blue packaging. It's by Taytio. Uh. Ever have
0: Interesting. That's an Irish company, isn't it? Tateau? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, maybe we're yeah. missing out on they're that over here. Tateaus, the they're great taters, though. Proper yeah. good crisps. But no, exactly. I, I also haven't had that.
1: Oh, oh, interesting. Send us some over next time. I will, I'll
0: ship it to you. What's your top sweet then of all the sweets? What's the What's the
2: best one? Oh, do you know what? I'm actually, I actually like Galaxy Minstrels. Like mm-hmm. I love Galaxy Minstrels. That's galaxy a great shout.
1: Yeah, because the crispy on the outside and then yes. soft in the middle. Yeah, yeah, delicious. And you can fit like 18 into your mouth exactly. at once. And, just, <laughs> and you can yeah. just eat the whole packet. And you're just like oh. 18. <laughs> 18. 18 is the limit, Josh. All right. I'm not disgusting. I just can't okay? because you sitting
0: there with minstrels, be like one, <laughs> two,
1: three. I mean, How many somewhere, was that? How many was that?
0: 17. Somewhere I can do better. I can do better. There, I can do better.
1: <laughs> somewhere out there, there is a picture of me with 27 mini eggs in my mouth. What? And it looks like... Do you remember those, those kind of filters you used to get that would make you look like really, really fat and it was like <clears throat> a fat filter or whatever? So my mates thought that I'd done one of those pictures and put it online, but I was just trying to see how many mini eggs I could get in my mouth, and 27 was the absolute limit, and then I nearly choked to death. 27. But I was okay. 27. That's that is a muddle. lot of mini eggs. That is a lot. That is a lot. But no... That's the the one thing I'm proud of in
0: my life. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll move on to talking about this week's film then. Uh, The film Barbara's chosen is Focus from 2015 uh, with Will Smith and Margot Robbie in it amongst uh, amongst other people. Uh, So spoiler warning if you've not seen that if you've not seen it before, basically Will Smith plays Nikki. He's an experienced con artist. He meets Jess, who's played by Margot Robbie and sort of takes her under his wing, teaches her the the, uh, the tricks of the trade. And whilst he's doing so, they become romantically involved and uh, Will Smith's character Nikki sort of becomes a little bit scared about that and breaks it off. A few years later, he's trying to pull off this big con in Buenos Aires and she shows back up again and she's sort of slightly more experienced. And I think it, it's fair to say it sort of sets him off his game a little bit at a time when he has to be at his sharpest. So, Barbara, I'm interested to know, why did you pick this?
2: Oh, I loved this movie when it came out um, a couple of years back. Like, I was I was literally sat in the cinema, like shocked and obsessed because like I didn't see it coming. And I always say this movie like outsmarted me. Like it came to the end and I was like, oh, my God, like he done this to her. And then she was doing a back to him. And then at the end, at the end, there was like a massive plot twist. And I was like, I love when a movie is smarter than you. And that was like the first reference of a movie, like a con artist movie that I was like, I sat there going, wow, I never knew that was coming.
0: <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost written like a con, isn't it? So you're watching these con artists, but as, as the plot cr- progresses, th- the film cons you. And I think that's exactly. something that's really that's really interesting about it. So where did where did you first sort of see this? Did you just like you say you saw it at the pictures?
2: Yeah, I saw it at cinema with a couple of my friends. Cause I love Will Smith anyway. And then Margot Robbie, you know, like 2015, she was like, she's still a star, but I feel like she was kind of coming into her own back then. And then yeah, that was the first time I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. And them two together, just amazing.
0: Cause I remember seeing the trailer for this, because I would not seen it before we did this, with we, we did this. But I remember it was at the time where she'd just done Wolf of Wall Street and she was so like. As in 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 the career turns, she was so hot at the time and she'd just been cast as Harley Quinn and I don't think Suicide Squad had come out yet. And obviously Will Smith is also in that and he is just, you know, he's never not hot. He's just one of the big stars, (laughs) isn't he? So Alice, had you seen this one before?
1: I hadn't seen it. I felt like... I, so, like, I felt like I sort of had a vague idea of what it might be about. I thought that maybe it was going to be about, um, you know, like Now You See Me, where mm, they kind yeah. of trick you in that sense. So I knew it was going to be something about tricking people, but just because of the name focus. And I felt like I'd sort of seen images of Will Smith and Margot Robbie together. Completely forgot that they were also in Suicide Squad together. So yeah, what a great duo. Um, but no, hadn't seen it. Um, so going in, I was kind of like... Uh, you know, not really knowing that much, but it was kind of pretty much what I expected. And um, just going off what Barbara said as well, for the first, like however long it is, like the first maybe 40 minutes, I thought Jess was conning Nikki. I thought that was going to be like the first big reveal that she's like, oh, she's not like this helpless young woman or whatever, she's actually a pro and she's going to con him out of all this ca- out of all this cash. So when he chucks her out of the car after they do that con at the ball game, I was like, oh, <laughs> Because I just, I didn't it, I didn't see that coming, even though I knew that there was a con coming somewhere. Because of the theme of the film, you know that there's going to be some things. It's like, oh, this is a con, this is a con, or is that a con? But you don't know where it's coming from and in what direction it's going. And um, my first impressions off the bat I think my favourite thing about it really was the way it looked. So, landscape-wise, it was brilliant. It's like this proper urban, like, city life. You've got skyscrapers, the city streets. It's all set in clubs and restaurants and hotels and casinos. It's all just very cool and, like, very trendy, for lack of a better word. I feel like that makes me sound ancient. It's like a trendy place to hang out <laughs> down the bar. Um, and then with all that comes these brilliant, like, colorscapes. So, like, a lot of it was obviously set at night time. So you're getting the street lights shining in from outside. There's one scene where they're driving around in a car at night and there's loads of yellow lights flashing in the car and then blue lights and then red lights. And this just kind of kept going on. And it was like a constant theme throughout that everything was just so super colourful. And then you got some like great outfits from Margot Robbie and Will Smith as well. And they were very colourful. And just through the whole thing, I thought the colours were so, so vivid. So that was like my main, the main thing that I liked about it, I think was the way it looked. Barbara, what's like your favourite thing about this film? What was like the thing that really hooked you in? I guess that sort of the theme of the cons seemed to be certain that really kind of drew you in.
2: Yeah. And like you said, like the whole, the whole look of it, like it's very slick movie I think from like beginning to end as well as that I think um in particular the scene of the football the way that everything is set out like before you get to the football scene um he's there I think they're in like the back room and some his Nikki's friend is handing him money and he's like oh be careful something like oh you have like a gambling addiction so even though he didn't say it, that's kind of already like planted in your head. And then you can, it cuts to like Margot Robbie kind of just looking over like, okay. And then it gets to the football scene when they start gambling the money. And I'm like, oh my God, Nikki's going to lose all the money, but not realizing that like they're all like the, he's in on it. And that's what I mean. Like when a movie kind of outsmarts you, you're kind of like, oh my God, like I never, I thought he was like a gambler. I never saw that coming, but as well, it's all like the little, I like when they refer back to things, especially in that scene, when, like, you kind of look back and it's, like, all the number five, when he tells, um, uh, Margot Robbie's character at the end like pick a number pick a number and she doesn't know what number she's gonna pick but Will Smith had ha already had so much fear I don't know I just love the whole storyline I think it's super clever and yeah that's why I really I just really really enjoyed the movie and I think it had a bit of everything to it like it wasn't too romantic comedy that you're kind of like okay this is gonna be like too much of a lovey-dovey scene like movie but it was very much like it, it kept you interested and I think it had a lot for people kind of going to see it as in like there was something there for everyone to enjoy.
1: Really interesting at the ball game as well, because that, for me, I felt like that was going on so long. I was just sat there like, what is he doing? Like, there's no way. And I just kind of, I was like, I don't think Will Smith's character would do this. Like, he's a seasoned con man. He knows what he's doing. And it kind of threw me out the film a little bit. And I was like, nah, there's no way he'd keep betting like this and lose all that money. And then obviously in the end, it was all part of the plan. And then that drew me back in again. And I was like, oh, okay, of course he knows what he's doing. I mean, sort of all kind of like really far-fetched about like the suggestion and stuff. But, um, you know, I think Darren Brown like talks about it all the time that that stuff is possible. And and you can lead people to kind of think yeah. certain things and say things, you know, if you lead them sort of down the garden path. Um, but I, I thought as well, it kept pace quite well. Like the first chunk of the film. So before uh, Marga, uh, before Jess and Nikki sort of part ways for the first time, it is very fast paced. You don't really stay in one location too long. You don't really stay in, like in one scene very long. And so it just feels like it doesn't really give you a chance to get bored, which I quite liked. Josh, how did you feel about it?
0: I, yeah i enjoyed it so i i i really enjoyed it i think there's there's something to be said like like you, you sort of both already touched on for it it's a very glamorous film and there's something to be said to for just sort of looking at good looking people in good looking clothes in good looking places doing good looking things and it's just it's a very good looking film in that sense and and i really enjoyed that i really liked the script as well because well i've I like that everyone like has a chance to sort of pop. Like, So you've got Will Smith, and he's this very confident um, con man, and you've got, you got Margot Robbie's character. But there's also a friend of theirs who I can't remember the character's name, but he's played by Adrian Martinez, who's been in a couple of things, the mm-hmm. bigger guy. And he has some really good one-liners about his weight. He says something like, can you reach that for me? I'm too fat to get it on stuff like that. But I really enjoy the, that that idea that there's a lot of snappy dialogue it did reminded me i thing of things like oceans 11 and there's another film which is worth watching called confidence with edward burns and dustin hoffman and rachel weiss in it that's that's it's very similar but because i think something that i did like about the script was that it's quite low stakes like in things like oceans 11 it's always like this is the one job and we're gonna do it and it's millions of dollars and 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 that's it for the rest of our lives whereas this is it's sort of, they're just essentially like pickpocketing people at points and doing identity theft and that sort of thing. And it's not more, I don't want to say it's more realistic. I have no idea what it's like <laughs> to be a con man, <laughs> but it's, it's a lot more low stakes. So you get to grips with the characters a lot more. And it does, it, it, I think it helps that obviously you've got Will Smith in the lead role, who's just the most charismatic, likable dude. Like, at the, like this film was fairly successful at the box office against its budget i think but will will smith is in that sort of top bracket of stars who even if he's in a bad film he elevates it to the next level of sort of enjoyment because he is just so likable so charismatic as is margot robbie i think it's will smith tom hanks and tom cruise who have all done it's like they had some sort of crazy record where like they did 10 films that didn't gross less than 100 million all of them, as in, because if you think of those three, they're such a draw just on their own. Um, so, yeah, overall, overall I, I liked, and like I already said, I like that idea that it's structured like a con. Um, so the scene you were just talking about, I really like that scene because as I was watching it, I was going, "Oh, is it showing him having a dark side? Is it showing he's got this sort of this gambling side to him where he and he can't be beaten and he can't say no and he cut and all this?" And then, like you say, before you know it, they flicked it on its head and and it's not. It was just all a con in 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 the end. So, like if, again, if you've not seen it, they they basically at the Super Bowl and they they're making these daft little bets between the Margot Robbie and Will Smith and. It's a, he's a Chinese billionaire, isn't he? Like overhears them and then they start making weird bets just having a sort of bit of back and forth and then it escalates and escalates into like millions and millions of dollars of bets on like who's going to do this and who's going to do this and, and as you watch it, like Alice says, it draws you more and more into sort of like, like, why is he doing this? Like what, like, and then, and then the more absurd it gets, you realize that, it was all part of the con and that it's actually like some Darren Brown shit like with the, with the <laughs> suggestion around about the number that they're going to get the guy to pick of the shirt of the football player. But no, overall, enjoyed it, yeah, I just thought it was a good a good, solid, sort of likable film. just something to be said for like... it. just a nice sort of, like I said, good looking people, good looking settings, just having a good time, I guess.
1: The way I sort of came away describing it was that it is the perfect first date film Yeah, because there's quite a lot of moments and sort of extended scenes where there isn't much talking. So it's just the music playing the soundtrack and then you're seeing the action on screen while they're busy doing a con or whatever. And in that time, you have time to hypothesize, oh, what's going to happen? It's like, oh, who's conning who? Where is it going to mess up? And you always have these moments throughout. So it's weirdly, it's one of those films where it's almost appropriate to talk over it as long as you're with someone who's obviously into that as well. But like, you're not going to be, you, would, you wouldn't miss anything too crucial if you spent time chatting to someone you're with in those kind of 10, 20 second gaps where there isn't any dialogue going on. Um, One of my favourite moments, I think, is when Nicky is pretending to be drunk uh, when he's in the bar at Buenos Aires and, you know, they're trying to what are they trying to get, like, some algorithm or something uh, to make the cars go it's faster? It's like a, this is a formula, little bit I, like, think.
0: <laughs> I think. it's like a, form, yeah, yeah. a formula. something for like that. Some, and he's like, it's, like what, it's like, it's one of these proper, like, Hollywood MacGuffin-type things of, like, just some secret fuel that makes cars go faster than the speed of light. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Doesn't matter. They're all good looking. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it
1: does in the film. <laughs> So then he's sort of pretending to be like an idiot and like really drunk so that nobody takes him seriously or whatever. Um, and I just found that really, really funny. And Will Smith, I think when he's funny, it just really, really makes me laugh. I just love seeing him on screen as well. I think if you grew up in the 90s, obviously watching Fresh Prince, you just love seeing Will Smith. Eh? Barbara, what else did you like about it? Oh my God, I love the ending. So, ba- so
2: basically um, when they try and escape, well, when Will Smith comes back after getting all the money from like um, selling the formula off to like loads of different drivers or whatever. And then he has all the money and then he's kind of waiting for Jess, for Margot Robbie's character, to meet him at the hotel. And anyway, he's about to go and he opens the door, sees Margot Robbie, whatever. They get in the car. And the thing that shook me the most is like there's another guy in it who's, who goes to like the corner store and like gets like duct tape, gets like a mouth shield. And then, like he gets in his car, puts on a helmet, whatever. And Then you're like, "What is going on?" And he just slams into a car, and obviously, it's well, it's Nikki and Jess's car, or Margot Robbie and Will Smith's car, and that that shook me. I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna die. They 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 can't escape now." And then obviously, it cuts to the scene where they're in like this, I don't know, this um, this like building or whatever, and then um.
1: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week.
1: Individual results may vary.
2: It's mad because in that particular scene, when he's kind of confessing that he's like conned like Jess and she didn't even know she was being conned and then Jess is there crying but then she also conned him and then you're like but you were crying so how can you manage to con him <laughs> and then at the end when like Nikki's character I'm skipping some people this I'm skipping like the whole plot now but um <laughs> when he gets shot
1: that's when I was like oh my god he's dead but then he's still alive Oh. <laughs> A very precise shot, eh, to make it look lethal and like yeah. to be almost convincing. I did think I was like because it is sort of a very Hollywood film. So I was like, are they going to kill off the main character? Probably not. But it felt like they came close there a little (laughs) bit because he'd shot him, what looked like, in his heart. But then the dad's like, oh, no, it's between his second and third rib or whatever it was. But you kind of knew that that was coming because obviously he mentions early on about an incident where... I can't remember what he's talking about if it's like an anecdote or he's talking about something that it's happened to his dad to him and his time. granddad. Oh, it was his dad and his granddad, yeah. Ah. And he's like, oh, to prove, you know, that you're not working together or whatever, one of you has to shoot the other one. So obviously they planted the seed early on that this is going to happen at some point. But I thought it was going to be that Jess and Nikki were going to sort of shoot each other or one of them was going to shoot the other one. Um, but I like that I like that they did that and I like that it, it looked like he nearly did die and he's the main character.
0: It wasn't the Hollywood thing of like, oh, his wallet was there. You know, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like, we should but get like, another oh, film. Oh,
1: good, this rock I carry yeah. around came in handy. I had a, I
0: had a book in my po- pocket and it stopped a bullet. Nothing's stopping yeah. a bullet. Like a book isn't stopping a bullet. Like, <laughs> like that sort of thing. No, I like that as well. I like that scene. And the fact that he's kind of the guy's... Revealed to be in on it all along, says he's his, is yeah. kind of his dad. I don't think he's. I think it's like his adopted dad, isn't it? I think it's meant to be that. He, I think he says something about finding him on the street, and then on like the meant, yeah. I think he's meant to have like taught him the tricks of the trade, and so he's kind of like his dad. Because it doesn't Will Smith's character keep saying, in a manner of speaking, or he's every time he says he's his dad, he's like you're kind of my dad or something like that I can't remember but I so I really like I, that as well I,
1: I took from that that it was that he was biologically his dad but he sort of had like rejected him oh, like th- he'd and been he didn't an want him father. to be his dad oh yeah maybe it is thing. that then. that's what I thought yeah.
2: yeah, that's the way I took it as well that he was his dad but then obviously Nicky wanted to kind of move away from that lifestyle but obviously his dad kind of wanted him to stay in I thought it was really funny when the dad was like I'm taking all the money though yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it's good because it's it's sort of almost borderlines on like glamorizing the crime and and glamorizing everything that they're doing but the fact is yeah they get away with it because they don't go to prison but they don't get the cash at the end and will smith has got a bullet in his chest so it's like it's they do get their comeuppance sort of thing because the dad just hoofs it with what 27 million dollars or something crazy like that
0: all they, well, they get, all they get is the guy's watch, isn't it? They get a guy's watch worth 200 yeah. grand and then they go to the yeah. hospital. <laughs> that's, but that, to be yeah. fair, I think that's one of the things that's good about it is that it's a glamorous Hollywood film, but there's elements in it that aren't that glamorous, like your lead character getting shot in the chest and then it ending with him going to hospital. So we'll move on to things that we perhaps would change about the film. Um, Barbara, is there anything you'd sort of like, have you watched it that you'd change?
2: Um, what I would change probably some parts of like um when you when they're showing like Jess and Nikki's kind of relationship, I don't know some scenes are a bit like far fetched. Mm. I kind of wanted to see um I don't know it was just a bit like some bits weren't realistic. Obviously, it's a movie. It's con movie. It's not meant to be like super realistic. But maybe some their dynamic relationship it wasn't really like super believable to me. So um yeah, that's probably what I would change.
0: I think I think that's a good point. Like to fo- So to follow on on from that for me, I think there was some elements of not only it being a little bit far-fetched, but there's some elements you weren't quite clear what was going on. Like I wasn't too sure why he sent her away in the first place. I didn't think it – there could have been maybe a little bit more dialogue about – I don't know, maybe he could be speaking to a second-in-command, you know, saying, don't like this, too close to her or whatever. But it, that sort of came out of nowhere for me, and I was a bit like, oh, don't really – you don't like to be with her because she makes you happy or something it sort of didn't make a loads of sense. I don't know what did you think, Alice?
1: She's too beautiful. <laughs> Get her out of here. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. Sort of sometimes, like you were saying, Barbara, it was almost as if they were kind of reading from two different scripts and kind of the way that they moved as a couple just it kind of didn't always gel 100%. I thought there was some lazy sort of character building. Like, you know, when they uh, sort of introduced for the first time, Jess just kind of goes, I'm dyslexic and I was in foster care. And it's just like, boom. It's like the writers just want you to know this is the kind of person she is or whatever. It's like, you know, she's troubled. She has struggled in this life. And it's like, you can do things to kind of show that. Like you could have had her, you know, struggling to write something down. Like, you know, they're in the world of sort of conning and stuff. I'm sure you're like faking signatures and stuff. He could have asked her to maybe like write a signature and then she spelled it wrong or something, you know, just kind of little things like that. Um, There wasn't a B story at all. It was just those two and it was just their journey in the conning. You, obviously, you've got like a couple of other characters and stuff, but you never really delve into their lives properly. You never really get to know them and they don't have their own things going on away from Jess and Nikki. So it is just the one story. So it's a little bit hollow in that regard, but it is only about an hour and a half. So that works. I think if you were going to try and push that to two hours with just the two of them, you might struggle a little bit. Um. I wanted to know more about so Horst, I believe his name is, and I looked at the actor's name, and it's Brenner Brown. Now he's not someone I'm familiar with at all, but he was a fabulous actor, and I really could have done with more of him in it. I think
0: is is he the one who's sort of like a like a like a a, an Aldi Kevin Spacey?
1: That's yeah, he's like he's like a yeah
0: yeah because he used (laughs) the only other thing I've seen him in is he used to do adverts. For Orange before it was uh, that, whatever network that the it is. Same guy? Yeah, so you remember Orange Wednesdays, and they always yes, used to do. Yes, I remember. They always used to do adverts yes. in the cinema where they get someone, a famous actor or, or or director, and do like a little sketch. And it was usually, I think, to turn your phone off in the cinema. That was usually at like the whole. Yeah. You know these these little yeah. sketches. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been to the cinema for <laughs> eighteen months or something now. So, <laughs> um, but. I think he was I think he was in them with, with a couple of other people. I it was think, like sketches. I
1: think that is him. Yeah, I think that was him. That's mad, because I thought I recognized him, but I was like, maybe he does just look like a bit like Kevin Spacey, and then that's why I think I recognize him. But no, he's definitely the guy from the Orange Wednesday ads. That is so funny. I'm gonna go back and watch some of those ads, I reckon. Um <laughs> And, oh, the just the other thing, you know, that's just kind of like, oh, I know it's a film, but, you know, so obviously some of their cons are massive and there's so many people involved and there's so many aspects involved. So the one where they're in the restaurant and, you know, they cause a scene, I think the guy has a heart attack. So they're like, they're pinching watches, they're stealing wallets, and there's so much going on. I'm like, one look at the CCTV at that place and they'd be screwed, right? You've got like 20, maybe 30 people all reporting to one restaurant saying, listen, I've lost my watch. It was here. I've lost my handbag. It was all here. They'd go back and check the CCTV and they're never in a disguise. They're never wearing masks. It's always just them. I mean, sometimes Margot Robbie isn't wearing much clothes at all. And it's just, they're so excited exposed to it so yeah just a bit unrealistic in that way but apart from that it's it's fun I think it's a really fun film and I think if you were stuck for something to watch or it's kind of like you know where you come in maybe to the end of a party and stuff and it's like not quite ready for it to end it's like what do you put on or maybe we'll put on a bit of Will Smith and Margot Robbie I think it really sort of fits that kind of thing
0: without I think without Will Smith and Margot Robbie this isn't isn't anywhere near as good. But they're just so like likeable oh, yeah. and they've got so much chemistry between them. Like I said before, he just elevates films to that next level of sort of blockbuster. Like if this was two other people, it's just not as good as it.
1: He just sort of has such a great balance of kind of being funny, but then also being serious. And he's equally convincing when he's doing both those things. And I think that's why, that's why you just love him. He's, he's a great actor. just great, yeah. <laughs> Is. He's great. It's just lovely to see, isn't
0: he? Everybody, I think everybody loves Will Smith. If you don't love Will Smith, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, I quite liked in this as well. There's like, it's one of those films that's just full of loads of Hollywood cliches. Like two people who are seemingly always drinking, but like have abs of steel. It's like you don't drink that much. There's no way you're always in the gym. <laughs> like yeah like, yeah to look and their like faces
1: that. are never puffy yeah. their eyes are never like this yeah. it's like you're never they're never just eating junk food or crisps for breakfast you know yeah one of the scenes I also really enjoyed was when
2: obviously he's in the they're in the restaurant and they're planning the con and um when he goes up to the bartender saying I'm a recovering alcoholic only give me water when I order like a, a vodka or whatever just give me water with an olive inside and then like um he gets into the fight with um Jess's character is like boyfriend or whatever and then he really wants the alcoholic drink and he goes upstairs and then he's like no this give me a drink and then the guy's like gives him water this is a different guy and then he's like no no no, I need a drink and he goes no the other guy told me and I was just like oh
1: that's clever that's clever I don't know why it's something so simple no but I, I really, really enjoyed, enjoyed
0: that, that as well <laughs> yeah I thought that was really funny
1: Yeah, because he's like, no, he told me you've got a problem and he said you might say this sort of thing. And it's like the other bar guys just like, it's like they're really looking out for him. It's like, no, we care about your alcoholism and we don't want you to fall off the wagon.
0: He's giving him the old finger guns like that, isn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then. Um, Obviously, Barbara, I know you picked this because you you just like it. But is it would you say there's anything about it that you would say is um is it underrated or or how do you think it did critically? How would you say?
2: Um, like I haven't looked at the critical um rating or anything, but I remember chatting to it about my friend and um I was like, Oh my god, I love this movie, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, Yeah, it's good, but watch it back the second time and I don't think you'll be as impressed. So, um, and, he, and he, and that's what he said to me. And I was like, oh, okay. But um, I obviously still enjoyed the movie. I don't know. I can't remember it doing like super, super well. Like obviously it must have grossed a lot of the box office, but I don't, like I, it's not like, you know, Shawshank Redemption or some like iconic <laughs> movie, if that makes sense. It's more of like, kind of like, hell, I like her a bit of fun, you know, slick
1: movie.
0: It definitely knows what it is. It's not trying to be yeah. anything else, is it? So I think that I think you've got a good point there. How do you think it did, Alice?
1: Um, probably like not great. Um, <laughs> obviously it's not very it's not very nuanced. And I think Barbara, like you're saying, I think your friend is quite right. I don't know if you sort of would watch it a second time because you know what's coming every time, and kind of part of the thrill of it is. You know, they're like, oh, I can't believe that happened, and it's like, but then when you watch it again, you you know, you know that that's coming. And I don't know if I don't know if the characters are developed enough, and like I said, the story certainly isn't wide enough for me because it is just so very much about those two that I'm not sure how much you would sort of would get from a second viewing. So I I feel like it probably didn't do very well. I would give it probably. See, so for me, a seven is quite a high score. So I wonder if I would give, go just below and if I would give it a sort of 6.9. Um, and I wonder if it got... Oh. <laughs> seven is high, I think. I think seven is a very respectable score. So about a 6.9, I reckon. And I I wonder if... the I, I reckon the critics probably disliked it more than the audience did, yeah.
0: for sure. Well, well... To give you an idea, then um on IMDB at the time of recording, it gets 6.6 out of 10. And on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 53%, and the critics give it 56%. So I think I think that's a little low. I I think it's better than those ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. I'd probably say I'd be more inclined to agree with Alice on terms of the sort of like seven, maybe a little bit higher for me, because I think it is just a bit of disposable fun. It's just, it's just. It's some. Sometimes you do just want to watch a film like this. That's just glamorous and fun, and and that's the, that's the end of it. So I don't know. What do you think, Barbara? Is that fair? Is it underrated?
2: I personally think it's underrated because I've watched it numerous times, and every <laughs> single time I'm like, oh my god, I can't. I remember this, but I completely forgot this happened. So I personally would give it. um. I give it like a high seven or an eight. I feel like, yeah, because at the same time, you know, with movies, sometimes you don't always want to think too hard. Like when you're watching a movie, I don't want to be writing calculations or be taking notes when I'm watching a movie. Do you know, like I just want to watch it, enjoy it, and be done with it.
1: It's a, a trial so and testing
0: formula, isn't it? It's just, you know, yeah. what you're getting. Yeah. What about you, Alice? Is that underrated?
1: I think those marks going into the 50s there are a little bit stingy. Yeah. Um the, but it's funny because obviously the critics like the critics have marked films that I love and that I really hold dear even lower than that. So I I wonder if that's actually quite good for the critics. But yeah, <laughs> I think that the IMDb mark is sort of around where I would be sitting. Um but Barbara, how does this compare to like other films that you love like what what are some films that you would give like a a nine or like a nine and a half to
2: oh good question um what would I give a nine to well obviously like classic movie you know Forrest Gump that's a good one I do like Forrest Gump um what else I'm just thinking of like sad movies now, but like, I don't really like. <laughs> I feel like I watch a lot of sad movies, but like that, I, like, I mean, no. Um, I'm just trying to think because I, I like the lighthearted stuff. I can't lie. Like, I don't really like anything too intense. I do like a thriller, you know, Gone Girl. I do really enjoy. Um, that. That's actually, that's probably a high, a high nine.
1: See, for so me, I was comparing
2: so, it to that. Yeah.
1: You know? Again, Gone Girl for me, I was like, First time I saw it, brilliant, thought it was great, blew me away. And then I went back to re-watch it and I was like, oh, once you know the thing. I think for me, it's just kind of like, once you know the thing, kind of the magic is sort of gone, I suppose. Mm-hmm.
2: I think- yeah, but I always go on like, what you think the first time. Because like, even like, you know, Room with Brie License. I I'd, I'd love that. I think that's a really like strong movie, but I would watch that over and over again. And the, and the exact same feeling I felt the first time I'd feel again, even though you know what's coming, but still
0: know sometimes that happens with twists, doesn't it sometimes twists can be so strong that they overshadow the rest of the film like you say with something like Gone Girl or spoilers the sixth sense uh <laughs> you know if you know what's coming but at the same time there are other films that are and and I can see why I would say that for focus but there's other films where they're structured in such a way that I think if you watch them again then there's more to enjoy so like the same director as Gone Girl did Zodiac and if you watch that and then watch it again. And there's, you, I see stuff every time that I think is good. So I guess it just mm-hmm. depends on what you're looking for. And if you are, I think if you are looking for a sort of just a light-hearted film that looks really good and has, you know, and is and is fun, then this is definitely as in focus is definitely something to to watch. I'd say.
1: Mm, I think like putting it on after a hard day at work with a glass of wine. I feel like it's sort of that kind of that would be the perfect antidote for sure
0: so there we go another one for the underrated pile barbara thanks very much for coming on uh so where can everyone find you social media wise
2: you can find me on twitter and instagram barbara underscore underscore george so yeah thanks guys for having me on this podcast absolutely loved hearing your feedback (laughs) highly recommend everyone should go watch focus because i think it's a 10 out of 10 but you know
0: Well, thank you very much for to, to Barbara for coming on there. We'll have another episode for you next week. Um, if you w- want to get in touch in the meantime, then drop us an email. It's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just look for Just Films and That um, and you'll find us. Uh, Alice, thanks very much for joining me as ever.
1: Pleasure as always,
0: Josh, and thank you. And it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye.